Drew Sokol is a pastor, Corey Markham is an atheist, and they are the hosts of The Hinge Podcast. Hinge is the podcast of two men whose lives have led them to different conclusions about the most important questions in life. It's a 10-episode narrative podcast series about doubt, identity, and the search for the real jeebas. <laughs> Sacrilicious. <laughs> the first two episodes release on... Uh, Thursday, December 14th, and the second episode, ladies and gentlemen, features one of the most um, prolific and handsome guests that they've ever had, me. Brad Pitt. Me. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Hingepodcast.org. Hingepodcast.org. And they both join us right now uh, for the second time on the Drew Marshall Show. Guys, Drew, what's going on? We'll start with you, Drew. Uh, where are hey. you right now, Drew? I am in snowy Philadelphia at the moment. Philadelphia. When I think of Philadelphia, I think of Rocky, I think, right? Hey, yeah, that's what I think oh, I do. Yeah. Well, you know, that's like the obligatory thing you have to do when you move here is you go take a picture with the, At statue, the statue of Rocky. The statue. And you get your little life video running up the steps and dancing around on top of the steps. Right, right. You have to do that. <laughs> what the heck was that? <laughs> I, think, Whoa. I think Sly just joined right. us. That's a um, horrible impression. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, Corey, where are you at, man? I'm in Illinois. I'm a, a, a kind of a basically. I'm in not in Chicago, Illinois. No, no one knows Pekin, Illinois. Pekin. So I say I'm a couple hours from Chicago. Yes, sir. Pekin. Wow. Pekin, where voyeurism is our yes. motto. Everybody's last name is Tom. <laughs> um. Well, that's weird. That's How do you know? <laughs> <laughs> Guys, Pekin. thank thanks for coming back on the show. I got to say, I did listen. I got a little sneak preview of the the show that you did with me because that's the one I cared about the most. <laughs> and Naturally. and I was I gotta say I was I was ready for meh, you know meh, um, because I'm a little judgmental when it comes to this stuff but man you guys really did a great job of putting this together I, and I I hearken back to the days when I used to listen to a lot of CBC radio and I would hear mm -hmm. really professionally produced shows yeah. with snippets and taking you here and taking you there. And the only thing that was missing in this one was sound effects when I think about the CBC shows. You know, Tim, those right. shows yes, where yes. They, they add these weird sound effects and it's just completely distracting. So what I'm trying to say is you guys really done a good job. And one of the things that I like the most about it is that there's no sound effects. Mm. Well, well, I was awesome. going to ask you if you wanted some laugh tracks for the parts that you're in. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> it probably helps me sound a little funnier. Um, okay, how do you guys know that this isn't just a shtick? Um, because I get a, a asked a lot of, about this as well. Drew, uh, you know, uh, part of your show is, you know, this doubt thing, and you're not, you're not real sure in this agnostic kind of flavoring that you have, and now it's just it's what your show is known for. So maybe that's keeping you from really finding God because it's just part of your shtick. Um, mm -hmm. do, do you know what I'm talking about, uh, Drew? And, yeah, and, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I would say that if, if people are saying that towards you, they could also say that towards a lot of the authors of the Bible. <laughs> um, you know, when you actually read the Psalms and don't just take highlights, they're filled with doubt. They're filled with questions. They're filled with insecurity. I think you could say it when you look at, like, the, the famous passage in Hebrews 11, the hall of faith, all these people who had great faith, but you actually look into their stories, they're also filled with doubt. And so I would say more than anything, we just want to be honest. And mm. when there's degrees of uncertainty, not to try to hide it away. When there is certainty, to go ahead and say it, but also try to have at least a semblance of intellectual humility to say, look, one of us is wrong, you know? <laughs> Either there is this good and loving God, or, or there's no God, or there's something in between, but one of us is definitely wrong. I'm so glad you said yeah. that. Corey, uh, what's it like being the one who's wrong? 
I was just going to say it. Yeah. I was just going to say yeah. it, and I am the one that's wrong. Yeah, no. I'm kidding. Shirley, I jest. I do, and stop so calling cool. me Shirley. Um, Corey, uh, have you come close? Has has Drew tantalized you with, with tyrannical tidbits of theology? <laughs> Sounds like an advert for some good cereal. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, try a serious answer to it. You know what I would say? I've said this to Drew many times. I don't want to sugarcoat it, but I think that there's sort of a, a the popular understanding of the evidence for Jesus, if you will, uh, by, that the atheists typically critique online and, and such. Um, that was sort of the view I had going in. And in, in the very least, I think that I was a bit surprised to see how much historical data there is for us to work with, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, to be honest, though, no, I haven't. Uh, it, I've said this. Uh, I, I say this at some point. I mean, I, if anything, a lot of this, a lot of the things we realize, or a lot of the time we realize that we end up at the the place that we started, and um, and specifically, we have specific biases that are guiding uh, this journey that we're going on. And I don't think there's any reason to shy away from that. You know, I think that's uh, who knows what will happen though. I mean, yeah. I don't. Who knows, right? Yeah. Like who? I think Drew is probably going to change his mind more than I'm going to change my mind. But I shall see. Yeah, uh, it's interesting. Corey's pointed out a few times. He thinks he thinks I'm one of the more skeptical ones, even though I'm a Christian. We, usually, we associate like blind faith up and against uh, being skeptical. But he's thought I'm I'm skeptical, and eventually that'll lead me to atheism. But yeah, I was you know, gonna say we'll I've told you we'll that see. I've told you that directly that I think you're probably going to become an atheist. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I've had so listen to find out. In other words, yes, yeah, tune in, folks, to find out uh, <laughs> uh, whose hell is going to win. Uh, um, okay, guys, as far as um, my episode is concerned, wait, let's get back to that. Uh, I I really have a hard time with what I said, although what I said was so long ago that I do have permission to change my mind because these days, um, even if someone came at me with indisputable evidence uh, mm. I, I'm not sure what they would say would be indisputable evidence I'm not sure that I could concede that anything would be indisputable in regards to evidence other than which is how I feel these days a personal tangible encounter with the creator of the universe because everything else I still have to trust somebody's information I still have to trust somebody's interpretation of that information I still have to trust uh, you know whether it's an archaeological find or historical uh, artifacts or whatever I still have to there's a lot of trust there that I still have to have where if it's a if it's a sort of a, a tangible encounter with the creator then wow I mean you know unless I'm high on ayahuasca I still have to trust it. Well, yeah. that, I was just going to say that, Drew. What what if – can you even trust that, right? Yeah. I mean, suppose you were under some sort of delusion at the time or, or maybe not ayahuasca, but, uh, you know, I think stranger things have happened. And I, I question even my if, – if I had such an experience, if, if even that would do it. Yeah, yeah I, I mean – I guess it depends on the context. But. Sure, sure. I mean, you know, if you read the, uh, the uh, plight of the Israelites, otherwise known as the Old Testament, uh, the theme is – uh, oh God, you're awesome! God, you're awesome! And then, and then something bad happens. They go, "Where are you, God? Where are you?" And then, oh well, I'm not sure. I believe, and I'm going to rebel and do what I want. And then God shows up again, and they go, "Oh, you're awesome, God! You're awesome!" And then they doubt again, and then they God show up, and then they doubt again. So there's there's a human pattern 
uh, that um, I think we all kind of fall into this trap of belief and doubt and belief and doubt and belief and doubt. And this is why, yeah. this is why, and I, uh, Corey, I want to ask you this. Um, sure. I think you and I resonate the most when it comes to the tribe of certainty and how ludicrous it is that there's a tribe of certainty out there, otherwise known as evangelicals, uh, when it comes to the the whether there's a God or not. How can you be that certain about something so invisible? Right, Corey? Yeah, I, absolutely. I, and if anything, I think the the more I look into these deep, uh, difficult questions, the less sh- the less sure I am uh, about what my views specifically are, and and certainly the confidence wanes. Uh, absolutely, mm-hmm. I, I think that that, and I, I'm sure Drew that would sympathize on on some level too. The other Drew here, yeah, Drew Sokol. <laughs> so uh, Drew, yeah, well, yeah, there's all these Drews right now. Drew, are you are are you an evangelical certaintist? I am definitely not an evangelical certaintist. I, uh, uh, you know, I, I think in one sense, one illustration I use, like my, my wife's in the room right now, she'll she'll hear this for the first time. But uh oh, I am not certain that my wife is not going to leave me tomorrow. Now, I live my life very, very convinced that she's not going to, that she's going to be with me, that she meant her promises. But I, I'm not certain that she's not going to leave me. Um, and I, I think it's a similar degree of confidence that you can carry with you perhaps into some of these conversations. Like, I think on some things you can come to a fairly strong degree of confidence depending on what you've been exposed to and depending on what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. But I think certainty is, I don't know, to me it's a hard thing to come by. Is doubt poison to faith? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. When, when you read about the Jesus... This is the Gospels. Man, he was so tender to people who were doubting. You think of you think of the man uh, who said, I believe, but would you help me in my unbelief? And Jesus re- just responds so warmly. You think of doubting Thomas, and Jesus just tenderly says, you know, here, l- look at my hands, touch my hands. Like, you, you don't need to doubt anymore. You can believe. Um, and I think... Um, you know, I think actually it's these seasons of doubt, and to give your audience a little bit of a taste to how we're using uh, our conversations with you in that second ep- episode of our series, um, I think once you go through a season of doubt, often that's the transition that ta- takes your faith from being maybe a little bit two-dimensional, fairly rigid, uh, maybe not a- always having the most depth, and, and often I find that it's a season of doubt that'll create this much more robust three-dimensional faith experience okay um on it turns you into an atheist yeah Yeah. (laughs) absolutely that's absolutely but hold on you you that's a good point Corey. and by the way we're on the line with drew sokol who's a pastor Corey markham uh, who's uh, an atheist they're the hosts of the hinge podcast hingepodcast.org hingepodcast.org Corey, that is one of the fears that some people have verbalized to me. As, well, not anymore, but the beginning when I first came out as a doubter, they said, well, then, yeah. you know, basically you shouldn't be on the air saying what you're saying because you're going to lead other people off the cliff with you. You know? Uh, yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I have, I have Christian family members uh, about, I mean, people who I care about very deeply and who care about me who have similar worries and that they were actually somewhat hesitant when I first talked to them and approached them about this whole project, uh, that they were, what they're afraid of is that just putting this out there is in a way it's going to make people question things that some would prefer they not question. Hmm. And so, yeah, I can see, I do think though that that, and I'm sure Drew would agree again, that that's, that's sort of, that shows their certain insecurities there mm-hmm. and i don't think that if i put myself if i was a believer uh i like to think that i sh- i should 
to be able to question my beliefs. And certainly if there's a God, I, I don't personally, I, I, it's hard for me to take seriously the notion of a God who would get pissed at his, at his, you know, his creations for thinking about things and for having doubts and for not just jumping, you know, just jumping feet first, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, Drew, um, was there one thing that you said to Corey or one, f- one guest you had or one, I don't know, uh, apologetic um, aha or ba-bang? What the heck am I saying? Is there, is there, <laughs> is there one thing, is there one, uh, you know, bullet in the, in the gun that you thought, oh, this is totally going to make Corey stop dead in his tracks and, and ponder the possibilities of a creator? Huh, huh. I don't think there's been a guest that would make Corey say, oh, this must all be true. I think there have been different conversations that we've had that have made us both second guess some of our assumptions. Mm. Um, you know, I think about uh, 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 y- this is getting fairly detailed, but the first thing that's coming to mind is a lot of people will say, um, look, we can't trust what's actually in the New Testament. We can't trust what's in the Gospels because the church probably changed it later on. A man wrote it. But once you start talking to yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and once you start talking to, to different experts like Michael Lycona, Gary Habermas, uh, Craig Evans, all these different people, um, you start to find out that these manuscripts were spread all over the place in different geographic areas. And if somebody were skilled enough to go back and change all those manuscripts sometime in the 100s and change them to all say what they want and went to all these regions and changed hundreds of manuscript or scripts or whatever it would have been, it just would have been one hell of an impressive feat, and we'd be doing a whole podcast about how they actually pulled that thing off. Mm-hmm. And so I think, I think now that me pointing that out doesn't prove that any of this happened. It just offers a little bit more, more reliability that what we actually have is pretty darn close to what was originally written. Um, and I think it's different things like that that have happened on both our sides that, that cause us to question maybe some of our doubts and, and assumptions from before. Okay, uh, Drew Sokol, he's the uh, raving evangelical lunatic, and uh, <laughs> Corey, Corey uh, Markham. Wait, actually, I want to do something here. Drew, you said your wife is there, right? Uh, she she actually just left the room. Oh, see that. oh is it yeah, that I've heard convenient? that before. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. And you weren't sure if she was going to leave or not. <laughs> hmm. There goes your face. There she goes. <laughs> Sorry. I thought it might happen tomorrow, but no, no, it's today. Yeah. That was our cue. She okay. heard that. Okay. No, I was going to – I always like to get the uh, the the spouse's side of things because sometimes so – get the real story. Get the real story. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Corey, are you a, are you a married human being? Or, I'm not married, no. no. Uh, I, I do – my girlfriend is in the room with me. I don't want to talk to girlfriends. They don't count. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, yeah, who knows how long they're going to stay, right? I mean, you know. Um, no, that's good. Yeah. Enough. But Corey, if you, uh, I'm sure you. And thought, one could say that about wives. Too, that's but true. All right, enough. all right, all right. Uh, <laughs> let's say you get married and you and you have offspring. You got some chillin running around. Um, yes. So that people have said to me, you know, until you have children, you don't really kind of get certain aspects of faith or spirituality or Father God or you know this kind of stuff. And then and some people have said, well, all of a sudden when I had kids, I thought, geez, I. I'd kind of like them to grow up with some kind of belief system. What do you think about the, all that stuff? Yeah. So, so first thing is just uh, just from a point of what's true in terms of uh, our beliefs and whatnot. It's neither here nor there what we want to be true and what we'd like, say, our 
for kids to believe growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you know that, but just I just kind of want to point that out. Uh, but also, I think that uh, I'm not a parent, obviously, as you said. I have I was married, um, and we got to the point where we were close to having kids, and this was an issue. Thankfully, she was an atheist too, uh, and so. I think our approach, our approach was just going to be, we're going to be as open and honest as we could. We weren't going to shut it down, say, if a friend of theirs wanted to take them to church, something like that. But we also were going to make sure that they understand our perspective. Uh, and what I would say is I do think that there are substitutes, secular substitutes, if you will, that can stand in for any sort of religious, uh, any sort of religious upbringing or ethical code that, that they might think would be necessary. I think there's there's obviously some things that we can teach them in its place. I mean, it's simply a matter of just not talking about God. We could still talk about manners and what you should do, how you should treat others, so on and so forth. See, so. I, I find it actually insulting when someone says, uh, well, as an atheist, I mean, yeah, what, yeah. what kind of morals are you going to raise your kids? I'm like, come on, seriously, mm. it's just... Yeah, I deal, with it a, I deal with it a lot, and I have a lot of interest in moral philosophy, and so I deal a lot with the moral argument. Yeah. And yeah, I th- it is insulting. Uh, some, are, some are careful to point that, or to, to clarify that they're not saying atheists are immoral, they're saying that there's no objective standard for morality on atheism. Right. But I don't even agree with that. Okay. Um, and I have never seen a good argument for that. I've just seen, you know... Yeah, anyway, yeah. yeah. That's probably another rabbit hole not to go down. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Um, okay, I'm just at the risk of saying that Drew Sokol, who's the pastor, is the boring one of this conversation, I want to go back to Corey again. Um, <laughs> Corey, uh, would you ever marry a god chick? A god chick. There's got to be a yeah, way I would. to say that. Um, that's, that's such a good question. So, again, like my... My ex-wife was an atheist, which was awesome. It worked out. But the person that I'm with right now, who, I'm, who I care about a lot... Uh, and I hope hope is is going to be in my future. She is she's not an atheist. Uh, she's not a Christian either, but she's somewhere in the middle. Uh, and it's not an issue for. It's, okay. It would only be an issue if I if I was expected to change my beliefs or to be you know dishonest about what I believe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or or if this woman who you say you care about a lot, I uh, used parenthesis there. Um, if this woman <laughs> was not a fan of Puggles. Exactly. I mean that. So that would be. <laughs> That's more important than her religious views. If she doesn't wow. like my three-legged puggle Darwin, um, then it's sort of that's all there is to it. She's got to go. <laughs> you have a three-legged puggle <laughs> named she's, Darwin. She's looking at me in the background. Yeah, she's looking at me in the background. He's still surviving. It's proving it. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh yeah. And yeah. It's not. So and, and it, just so that everyone knows, yeah, the Darwin. He's a he's half beagle, and so of course Darwin, Charles Darwin, sailed on the HMS Beagle to the Galapagos Islands. Um, are we done? Yeah, yeah. Are you done? Let's go back to. We're done. <laughs> I know. I know. Let's go, go back to the, the dumb pastor. one. Let's go back to the boring pastor. Um, <laughs> no, listen. I, I just want to part ways by saying seriously, you guys do a great, great job in this. This is a this is the kind of product that could actually be bought and and uh, and syndicated around radio stations around the world. This it's that good. It really is that good. Here's the website. That's awesome. To hingepodcast.org. Hingepodcast.org. If you are wanting some really, really healthy, uh, both sides discussions about Jesus and God and all sorts of big questions, this is the, this is where you want to go. Hingepodcast.org. Drew, uh, Corey, guys, thank you for coming back on the show. And, and thank you for, of course, including me in your nonsense. Uh, it, it really helps my yeah. vanity. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for being a part of it. It's, it's, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 thank it's you. It's been a huge honor. Guys, yeah. uh, happy Hanukkah to each and every one of you. <laughs> All right. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, All you, right, guys. see you, boys. Bye-bye.